The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends, and earn Unicorns through successful bets, or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program, where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to day nine of our NALCS team by team preview podcast series. Yes, day nine, not quite the Hearthstone streamer slash esports personality that we all love, but still an exciting episode nonetheless, because we are going to be talking about a team that, despite struggling quite a bit, had some clear highlights, some clear, exciting moments, clear, exciting players that people could enjoy and that they're hoping to build from. And of course, I can't think of anyone I'd rather help break down with me than my good friend and co-host, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm doing good. He's talking about Envious, and the player he's talking about is Lyra, because it was not multiple players. It was one player named Lyra, and the two games that we got to see Alex each come out of his not-retirement retirement to actually play games. Yes, I see your heart. You love Lyra. He was the first-team all-NA jungler. I get it. Lyra's awesome. Lyra's fantastic. He should be playing for Team Dignitas, and they would have won the 2017 Spring Championship. Would have done that. He should be playing on the top LCK team. The guy's so good. He is so good that he's like three players in my mind. It seems like no one player could possibly be all around the map as much as he is, despite being on a truly terrible team. But he does have, well, yes, obviously. But, you know, in the West, in the West, there are very few players that have done so much while well, given so little from the rest of the roster. It, it, it's and not in the West. He's a Korean. But he's in... <laughs> Let's talk about the roster. <laughs> so, Envious, uh, Seraph in the top lane. Lyra is their jungler. And he is currently playing in the West, which I know you knew what I meant. They have Apollo as their AD carry, Hakuo as their support. And they made a change in the mid lane. In fact, they made two changes in the mid lane. Ninja is out but now both Niski, the Fnatic Academy mid laner, and Pyrian, who fans of the NALCS probably remember best as the mid laner for both Phoenix One and before that, Team Impulse. Walter, do you think they took the right approach to this offseason? Was this the position that most needed to be replaced and looked at? Uh, on this team, absolutely. Ninja, Ninja was, was, was bad. Ninja was very, very bad. 
And if it wasn't for the two-headed monster of the Team Liquid mid lane in Golden Glue and Piglet, he would have been easily the worst mid laner in the North American LCS. But thankfully, those two players are still playing for Team Liquid. So Ninja was not the worst player in the NA LCS uh, as a mid laner. <sighs> but still, it was a position they needed to make some changes. Um, Pyrian has been around. He was on Team Impulse. He was on Phoenix One. He's been around North America. He kind of knows the region already. Um, that's fine. I've heard some things that he's done pretty well. He had done pretty well at scrims when he was on Phoenix One. That he did learn a lot from under Ryu. So that's all well and good. I think that was a good pickup. Then they also signed Misky. So it seems they're just they're they're taking two lottery tickets here, and they're gonna say hopefully one of these two guys pan out. But the problem with Misky is um. You have two Koreans in your in your top and your in your jungle, and then you have Apollo and Hako in your bot lane, and you really when you were doing well as a team, it was when you were running this like three-headed monster of Korean top laner, Korean jungle, and Korean mid laner, and now you brought in a European that's gonna mess with all that synergy and and probably won't be able to actively communicate with your superstar jungler. I don't know, but is Niski even gonna get to see the rift at all? Is it like was this a waste of a signing? Was this a mistake? Like, were they afraid Pyrian wasn't gonna sign a contract with them, so they just went and got Niske out of like fear, and then all of a sudden Pyrian's like, "Oh guys, yeah, here, here's my contract," and and Niske's already like, "I'm getting paid for a full split, boys." Like, I, I, the Niski signing confuses me. I get the concept of two lottery tickets here, but. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I just love the idea of Hastro sending out both offers, thinking that only one would accept, and then having <laughs> both teams accept his offer and be like, oh, no. He, he sent oh, the same contract to both of them on Rocket Lawyer by, by mistake, and they both got sent back, and he's like, eh. It was one of those things dumb. like he sent both out. He's like, well, he's like, should I have waited? Well, no, there's no way they both say yes. And then suddenly here we are. No, but in all reality, I, I think the real question with that becomes how is Lyra's English coming along? Because if Lyra can speak English, then Seraph does not have to be able to speak Korean in order to communicate with the rest of the law. So they can just go full in in English. And I, I think that Maybe they're not confident that he can do that right now, but maybe they think he can get there by the end of the split. So Pyrian allows them to transition and still have that Korean influence. And then as it gets better and his English improves and he can communicate more readily, well, then you could put Niski out there and it would fulfill a dual purpose because that would mean that when they go into the 2018 offseason, they can replace Seraph because they don't need their shot caller to be someone who could speak both Korean and English. Right. But the reason why Seraph is so valuable to them is because he's talented and he has North American residency. Is he talented? Like, let's start there then. Do we believe that what he is bringing, and he is a figure that we have to talk about because he is their main shot caller. He is a guy that is seen as the linchpin of these communication issues because he speaks both languages. Is he a guy that if Envious wants to succeed, they can feel comfortable building around. If you're an envious fan, do you feel comfortable with Seraph still being such an important player in your team heading into the split? No, but they're stuck. 
that's part of the problem is they back themselves into this corner where they need to have this third Korean. And it's probably something similar to, to Dignitas. When you're already using two spots for your mid lane and your jungle, like, uh, Stillwell had that excellent Twitter post about how mid laners, there's not been a top, of, you know, top lane mid lane talent. There's been more, I think, out of North American and North American top lane talent when you look at you look at guys like Lorlo and you look at guys like uh, Zig. But again, it, it seems like there's been a dearth of it. It does seem like there are a lot of teams that are going out. If we just look across the teams as they stand right now, Cloud9, two Korean top laners. Uh, CLG has Darshan, who's been around since the beginning of time and is the only player that has never played on... Uh, or the only is the only player left in the LCS other than Substitute Mashby that played in that very first split against TSM on a team that wasn't Cloud9 or CLG. Good game, University. Let me just stab Chase in the back one more time. Looper, Korean top laner. Balls has been around since summer of 2013. Flame, Korean top laner. Zig, one of the exceptions that I brought up. Someday, Korean top laner. Seraph, Korean with NA residency, Lorlo, and Hauntzer. When you talk about those players... There's only three of them that have existed and appeared in the last two years that mm -hmm. you aren't going all the way back to the very you know beginning of the LCS essentially to get their emergence. And we have seen guys, we've seen uh, a guy like Fang that's come out, we've seen um, other players like pop up here and there, but it hasn't been successful. They haven't been consistent. And it, this is the mindset of North America is that, oh, you want to have a foreign top laner, you want to have a foreign uh, juggler, you want to have a foreign mid laner. Oh, but I'm only allowed two imports. And that's what makes a guy like Seraph so valuable because even if, you know, Nisky and Pyrian don't work out, you have Lyra that's this linchpin. You can go to Korea and find a really, really good Korean mid laner, but the odds are of him speaking English aren't great. And you're not going to get a mid lane North American. You're not going to get a mid lane uh, laner from North America because there's no talent there. There's no one that you're really, you know, really willing to risk that. And his communication issues with Lyra, if Lyra's. So they've just backed themselves into this corner where, like, yeah, Seraph is a key kit, is a key cog to how this team runs. That was how Envious started it out. That was how they decided they wanted this to work and how they wanted this to run. And and they're sort of going to be paying for it long term unless they make a wide sweeping change across the board and, you know, decide they don't want Lyra, decide they don't want uh, a Korean mid laner. They try to go for NA talent or they try to go full European talent which I really think is probably a smarter move for most North American teams. I mean, that's that's fair. I, I understand why when you look at the landscape of the league and you say, well, if we are going to have two Korean imports, we need someone who can shot call in both languages. That way, if the Koreans take longer to adapt, if they take longer to learn the language, or if they're just not very good at learning languages, you have that safety blanket. Here is the counter-argument. Seraph has a 2.3 KDA last split. That was the worst among all top laners in the LCS. Yep. He had a 55.4% kill participation. That was the third worst among all NA top laners. Yes. He, uh, he actually did pretty okay in lane, a 2.0 CS differential at 10 minutes. That was tied for third. He actually had the same CS differential at 10 minutes that Hauntzer had. Uh, then you go to damage per minute, 366. That was the second worst. Earned gold per minute. Uh, two, uh, you're looking at 239.5. Actually puts him square in the middle among all top laners. So he was getting all these resources and accomplishing absolutely nothing with it. And when you look at that picture, you look at a guy who 
has somehow become absolutely essential to the way that Envious is built, but also is a limiting factor that undeniably is costing them in terms of how far this team can so go. See, all, all this tells me is that uh, he's going to coach some random European challenger team a year after he retires, and they're going to win back-to-back-to-back European splits because uh, he's the North American Joey Youngbuck. <laughs> there we go. We finally find the North American Joey Youngbuck, and he's a Korean. You know, if Who'd his temperament in solo queue wasn't so negative, I might agree with you. It genuinely might be better for his skill set if he wasn't so quick to blame literally anyone but himself for any of his shortcomings. And that is also something that we can't keep out of that conversation. Whenever he makes comments about, oh, well, NA solo queue environment is so bad that I can't learn anything. Okay, that's not necessarily untrue, but other players are getting better and have gotten better during the time in which you have stagnated. And that attitude is not going to go over very well. But there are players on this team who have not stagnated. Let's talk about the bot lane a bit. How do you feel about Hakuo right now? How do you feel about that potential to maybe draw some pressure off of Lyra? So Dignitas, you need to sign both Hakuo and Lyra this offseason. <laughs> like, the rich man's Kiwi kid. I'm, I'm dubbing Hakuo. I'm officially dubbing Hakuo the rich man's Kiwi kid. Because again, he's just a guy that likes to make plays and he's better at picking his plays. He is more intelligent when it comes to picking his plays. I think he is a very smart laner. Um, he knows what his weaknesses are. He knows what his strengths are. He isn't very good at the like the range kind of squishy champions. He's not a great karma player. Um, you know that kind of mindset. Like that's fine. Um, if it ever goes back to a tank meta, though, like I really can't wait to watch this guy play Alistar and Braum if it goes back to a tank meta because. Man, he does some he does some funky stuff, and he still does some funky stuff on like the mages, like on the Zyras and the Malzahar. He just seems to see these engages a little bit quicker than his team, and it almost feels like Seraph should just, you know, try and start surrendering more of the shot calling to him and let Hakuo really be the guy that's pulling the trigger on sort of these pick compositions in the mid game and going into the late game and relying that on that because he does have sort of a a, a sixth sense when it comes to those types of things. Um, he also has some pretty good synergy with Apollo and, you know, I've, I've never hated Apollo. Like I've never been the biggest fan of Apollo, but he's a serviceable 80 carry. And when you're building your entire team with imports in the other three lanes, like having a serviceable NA carry is a pretty good idea. That's why I tell Echo Fox, use mash me as your starter. It'll help. <laughs> so I'm... I, I mean, the mid lane has been, the bottom lane has been, you know, progressing pretty well. We really thought that lot, the lot Apollo trade was kind of weird, that we didn't know, we didn't think it would hurt lot, but we thought it would hurt Apollo. And Apollo and Hakuo have meshed very, very well together. They play off of each other very well. They read each other very well. Hakuo knows that there are times when he can leave Apollo on his own. He does go out and get some vision. And he's a little bit riskier than a lot of other supports. Um, when he goes to get his vision, and he does get caught out quite a bit, but he does get the vision. He makes that a priority so he can set up these type of uh, picks that he's kind of known for. So I'm, I'm very pleased with where they've come, and I can't wait to see how far they go. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I, I think that, you know, it, it all depends on what you're looking for from a player, right? Is Apollo going to hard carry a game for you? Absolutely not. Never. 
It's not what he does. Not it's anymore. never been what he does. He doesn't hard carry his lane, um, but he also doesn't make too many mistakes. Funnily enough, he had a 3.6 KDA this split. You know who else had a 3.6 KDA last split? Double lift. And I know, like, that comparison is absurd. And I, I, it's one of those perfect examples of how stats can be absolutely skewed in the dumbest direction. But when you look at how does Apollo manage to have that kind of number, well, it's because the guy just doesn't die. He died 98 times in 45 games last split. That's just barely over two deaths a game. That's really nice from an 80 carry. You're hopeful that an 80 carry can live in these team fights long enough and, and be able to have that kind of impact that he's not just folding in on himself and being, say, a frontline 80 carry as uh, as some other players that we've talked about on this uh, in this preview series before. So he does have his strengths. The question really becomes, and this is the, the ultimate question with Team Envious, how far can Lyra carry them? Because we don't, I don't think either of us are, believe that Seraph can carry this team at this point in his career. He's clearly not that guy. Apollo is not a carry, just not his nature. And whether you like Niski or Pyrian, I think both are okay. I don't think both are world burners. Pyrian was never a world burner in his LCS experience. And Niski is still pretty young, pretty raw compared to most other midlaners that we'd look at. So I don't think you want to go into this season saying, oh, yeah, either one of them are for sure going to be our hard carry threat. I think that's why having both is nice for them. But it means there's going to be a lot of pressure on Lyra. So, Walter, how far can Lyra take them? I don't think very far at all because the champions that he was excelling on, the hard carry champions, the Cossacks, the Diddly, they're slowly, slowly fading into the background. And like, yeah, he can play Lee Sin, he's a pretty good Elise player, but when it gets to Sejuani Zack time, how good is he going to be? How good is he going to be when he has to just purely be a CC and disrupt team fight comp- you know, kind of guy? When the picks that you you pick comp your compositions you're playing, you are relying on your mid laner or your eighty carry to be eighty percent of the damage when all you do is CC them twice. Um, I'm very worried about that. I'm very worried about the which way the meta flows. Um, that being said, if he's able to sort of withstand and and you know hang on and, and still make Kha'Zix in Italy or uh, you know more damage heavy Lee Sin or Assassin kind of at least full AP work. That bodes well for them, but you can't just rely on Lyra to carry. This is the Dignitas problem. Everyone knows how good Lyra is now. They're going to set up traps for him. They're going to play around it. They're going to be a lot safer. And if he doesn't go off, you really have to rely on, I think, your mid lane here to be your carry guys. Like you said, Niske, really young player. There is a chance that you can turn him into that guy. That's a lotto ticket. Pyrian. Mm-hmm. Again, limited success that we've seen from him. He's not really a hard carry type of player, but you hear good things about him in streams. You look at your tryouts. If it looks good, it's another lotto ticket. And for me, that's kind of the definition of envious at this moment is let's just take some lotto tickets and let's just hang in here because with franchising on the horizon, I can't think of a reason why Riot doesn't want team envious in their esports department. Like They're one of the biggest brands in esports period and and to just kind of i feel i feel like hastro feels secure in that um but that being said i go back to my my previous statement of there was at a time when there was a rumor of maybe forgiven was going to come over and play for team envious and that would have been really cool 
I'm just not sure sort of hybridizing your imports of taking some Koreans and some Europeans is the correct way to go. And we haven't seen a ton of instances of Koreans coming over and being super, super, super successful in North America. It has really been led by the European charge of Bjergsen. Um, sure, we have Impact and Ray, and they've been pretty good, but before Impact and Ray it was Jensen. And Jensen was really the heralded guy that really pulled Cloud9 sort of out of their slump. Um, I guess you, I guess you could put Rush in there, but it's been a mixed bag of where it comes for Korean talent coming to North America, and European talent has been a bit more stable, even though like eighty percent of it's been on TSM. Well, I mean, and some of that just comes down to significant cultural differences. Yeah. Europeans are closer to North American culture than Koreans are. And, oh, by the way, Europeans can mostly speak English. And that's going to give them a lot of opportunities to, to look great. And look, Pyrian, great on poke characters. He's, he's been great on poke champions over the years. That's the meta in which he's excelled. His Varus is something I remember being really good when he stepped on the LCS stage with it. Hasn't looked great on other things. I will say this. Um... Lyra clearly does so much better on these carry champs, but it's not because he's bad on tanks. You look at Rek'Sai as the one tanky character that he played in the 2017 Spring Split. Seven games on Rek'Sai, only a 2.75 KDA, his worst among all of the champions outside of, uh, I guess, Kha'Zix was 2.86, not much better. But the difference between that, his Rek'Sai didn't die very much. Low deaths. Problem is Rek'Sai doesn't get kills. And his assists were low because he couldn't count on anyone to follow up. And without that, the fact that he controls the jungle 51.6%, that's insane for a team that's not very good. You know who also controlled the jungle super hard? Rainover, 52.6%. Guess what? That team didn't go anywhere either. So it's I don't I agree with you. I don't think it's enough. I think that they need one of those lotto tickets in the mid lane to come through. Ultimately, Walter, do you believe that the lotto ticket does come through? Do you believe this team can exceed expectations here. Uh, no, I think they're the 8-9 seed. I think they're the 8-9 seed, in, in all honesty. Um, I think they're going to be competing with Echo Fox of which team is worse. But like I said, Team Liquid's going to be the worst team in the league. Don't at. So it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see if Pyrian or, or Niske uh, kind of takes off, and maybe they'll end up in a different spot next split. Uh, maybe, you know, Niske back in European Challenger on kind of a super team, one of the the footballer teams, but um, yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm not very hopeful for this team, but as Lyra did last split, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. So I'll give him some of the benefit of the doubt and I'll, I'll be glad to watch the rich man's Kiwi kid continue to improve. If you're going to try to make an argument for Envious, uh, the thing I think that everyone should point to is that this team did look significantly better as the split went on. They started taking maps against some really good teams. They took a map off CLG. They took a map off Cloud9. They took a map off TSM. That's nice to see. I I don't think they did enough to convince me that this team's going to be out better than the ninth, 10th spot. That's really where I see them right now. I think they're still a relegation-bound team, unless the meta shifts. If it gets to something where Lyra can start carrying again, Maybe I'll feel differently, but especially where the game looks to be right now, it, it feels like it's going to take some time. They're going to see what they have in these mid laners. They'll probably keep one and discard the other. 
uh, unless both don't work out, in which case they'll have to start rebuilding from the ground up. But this will be a split where they figure out what they have and what's really worth keeping on to as they you know, get their Mad Skrilla ready for the 2018 offseason. But hopefully you guys are ready to uh, spend your time with us and subscribe to that nice YouTube channel right there or on soundcloud.com slash esports rough drafts. If you enjoy the pod really does mean a lot to us. Anytime you like or comment or all of that, we read all of them. I try to respond to every single one of them. I did a massive wave of comments just a couple of days ago um, in real time here. So it's going to be uh, very fun. And I love hearing what you guys have to say. And of course you can keep that conversation up on social media. I'm at red shirt King Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I'm at CNEs underscore LOL. And since y'all enjoyed the other story that we posted uh, on the Echo Fox video so much, just a funny little sidebar. Anytime Chase posts a comment, our U- the YouTube filters views it as spam. So I have to physically go through and approve every single one of his comments because of your YouTube like title. Like reg- It reads every one of them as spam, and I have to go through and physically approve all of them. <laughs> Whoa. I just, it's kind of funny. I'll have to send you a screenshot next time. What in the world? <laughs> YouTube doesn't want Chase to comment on our videos. That's all that's telling you. Damn YouTube SJWs. I'm literally changing that right now. I had no idea. No one told me this. No one. But you know what? Hopefully uh, you guys uh, will will stick around. Uh, and not ban me or Walter or this podcast from your lives as we go in to the 10th and final episode tomorrow. We've got one team left. If you guys have looked at the playlist, you probably know who that team is. Uh, But we will rise tomorrow. And until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming. Or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.